right, people. This is it. We're doing something new this time. It's happening. Hashtag COVID came into our lives again. Again, round two for me. (laughs) Round two. So we woke up this morning to what we thought was going to be your average day. Uh But boy, were we wrong. We were wrong. I had this whole plan of waking up, getting coffee, getting some breakfast and meeting up with Carter, but didn't happen. Nope. And it's all my fault. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I woke up this morning. I I feel fine. I don't sound fantastic, but I I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a COVID test just to say, hey, guys, don't worry. I I don't have COVID. Um, (laughs) Jokes on you. Jokes on me. I took two tests and they were both positive. So yeehaw. Uh, But luckily my brother tested negative and we'll see. Hopefully when Matt gets home later, he'll test negative as well. But um yeah this is yeah. this is me and my my voice today so thank you all for her and her best covid self <laughs> my covid self so uh, that yeah. we are trying zoom for yeah. the first time so we're recording on zoom we have no idea what this is going to end up like and i'm <laughs> so nervous right now nervous but as well but we're going to roll with it and we are it might sound a little different to you guys and if it does we apologize but we wanted to get you something this week so. yeah and i youtubed before this to figure <laughs> out how to work it so i think yeah. we're set hopefully but fingers crossed everybody we're not going to let covid bring us down no we're not That's but it was funny cuz we were supposed to record with carter and soon after skylar tested positive so did carter so it's just like <laughs> double whammy a double whammy and our team is down a few people this week so it should be interesting for you all but I have confidence it's gonna be a great week (laughs) (laughs) honestly we're gonna be fine we're gonna make it through one way or the other yes and so today what are we doing today then Taylor so we are changing our schedule we were going to do math again, like mathematical mindset today. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to talk about is we're going to go back to Gentle Discipline, our book from Sarah Aquel Smith. And it's been a while, I think, since we've talked about it. Yeah. Last. And, I think, and we got some good feedback on the previous episode. So I'm yeah, we can kind of continue with it. It's really helpful to get that knowledge on disciplining, especially like it's been helpful for me this past week. My class kind of struggled a little bit. A couple of my students were struggling. So I think it's been really helpful. Yeah. It's definitely applicable to the teacher's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I am just pulling up our podcast on Spotify really fast. I wanted to see how long it's been mm-hmm. since. Okay. So it was a couple episodes ago. We did the problem with school discipline. Yeah. So we have yet to jump into a chapter to where it's like applicable to one specific kind of like behavior. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So this episode is going to be focused on coping with students or children who are not listening and are refusing to do things, which welcome to our everyday (laughs) lives. (laughs) I needed that this week. And what's so great about this book is it goes into multiple skills. So this will be the first of many episodes Um, down the road where we really do focus on certain behaviors and how to either prevent or like, I don't want to say fix. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean though? Like fix what's going on. Adjust. 
Yes, that's a much better <laughs> word. So this is chapter eight in gentle discipline. And she starts with saying, children are not listening and refusing to do what you have asked because it's a universal issue. Like mm-hmm. it's happening for everybody everywhere. Yeah. Um, teachers, parents, you name it. They're not, there's going to come a time when they're not listening. Oh yeah. So she breaks it down into why children are not listening. Um, and I'm going to break it down as she does, starting with poor communication, jumping into confusing instructions, age appropriateness of the task, a lack of fun, a lack of control, lack of connection, lack of empathy and understanding. And what I really want to do is like break those down even further into what that means. Sweet. Cool. Let's Sounds do like it. A plan. <laughs> Because it really is good to find the root behind why children aren't listening. And what I've learned from this book and just kind of from teaching in general is that all behavior is a form of communication, you know, like they're trying to express a need or possibly a want Mm -hmm. that's not being addressed in their life at the time. So it's really eye-opening and it kind of (laughs) helps as a teacher to like take a step back and be like, oh, okay you're not just like doing this maliciously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So number one, why children don't listen is because of poor communication. Mm -hmm. So there's a chance that you as the teacher or the parent are not communicating effectively. We may not realize this because we are adults and we think that we're being effective in our communication, but this is not always the case. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest mistakes that we make is telling children what they, what we don't want them to do rather than telling them what we do want them to do. Mm, So oftentimes you hear teachers saying, stop running. We are not talking. Don't touch that. Don't eat that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. And there's two problems with this approach. So first being that children are far more likely to hear the second half of the command, the running, Mm -hmm. touching, eat, talk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. that's a problem in itself, right? The don't kind of just goes out the window <laughs> or the stop and they just hear the, the action. Oh, yeah. cool. Run or jump or hop or skip, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then second, and probably most important is that when you give a child a negative command, you don't tell them what you want them to be doing instead. So their brains aren't really in a place where they can make a decision to Oh, okay. I should be doing this instead. We should always tell them what we want them to do. As we understand that, like I said, children have poor logical reasoning, mm-hmm. especially in the elementary years, because they have not developed that prefrontal cortex yet. Mm-hmm. So it should be rephrased. And I know our school does a really nice job of like training this at the beginning of the year to replace the negative command with a positive instruction, telling them exactly what you want to see, such as instead of stop running, it's walk, please. Mm -hmm. Or instead of don't touch that, it's hands to your side, please. Mm -hmm. Stop poking turns into gentle hands. You know, like when we walk down the hallways, it's quiet feet or hands at our sides or head behind head, voices off. It's not no talking stop touching people, stuff like that. Yeah. And like you said, I feel like our school does a really good job of training that in the beginning of the year. And 
it's always like pointing out the positive as well. And I feel like that's a pretty commonly known thing is to point out the positive. But Mm -hmm. like you said, we shouldn't be saying don't do this, don't do that. Because even yeah. as adults, we don't like to be told what not to do. And so yeah, she exactly. stresses that so much. It's like, even as adults, we don't want to sit here and be told what not to do. Yeah. So why are we telling children, don't do this, don't do that? Yeah, exactly. Especially when they're only going to hear one thing and not be able to understand what to do next. Yeah. She also says that, remember that you are the role model when you discipline. So you need to keep your voice calm and quiet. The minute you shout or raise your voice, your communication is going to be less likely to be effective. Yeah, I feel like we say that. <laughs> yeah, like so it's things. so true. I mean, she even says just as if like you wouldn't listen to your boss if they shouted at you or your partner, you know? Yeah. That's the last thing I want to hear is Dr. Jeffries like yelling at me. Yeah, <laughs> no. well, and coming from, I feel like I've said this before, but maybe not. I mean, coming from a culinary background, I did get yelled at. Like I got yelled at, I got called not nice names and it's like Mm-mm. it's demeaning and it's yeah no it just makes no. you feel even worse so and you don't want to listen to somebody that's going to be aggressive no. toward you which Absolutely we will not. kind of get into later mm-hmm. um but she says last thing under this poor communication section is that you need to remember your body language so it's really effective to get on their level to make eye contact and physical contact if possible so like a hand on the shoulder or a hand on the hand making sure that they have like your full attention. And then you're again, giving that positive instruction of gentle hands or walking Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, another thing that we could be doing wrong is giving confusing instructions, which Mm -hmm. leads a child to not do, or like they'll either refuse or just not listen to you. Mm -hmm. So giving your child one thing to focus on with a clear explanation at their level is going to be much more effective. So I think about this and like giving directions mm-hmm. for students. I'm very clear and very visual yeah. about what I want. I'm like step one and I like point to whatever I need, you know, <laughs> step yeah. one, take your paper out of your binder, mm-hmm. go step two. So it depends on what grade you're teaching or yeah, obviously how old your child is. Mm -hmm. but you need to keep your instructions short and clear. Yeah. And she recommends giving one command at a time. And I really liked the example that she provided for like children in the home. She says like, step one, please go get your shoes. Then the child goes. And when they get back, it's now please put your shoes on Mm. versus go get your shoes and put them on, Mm -hmm. which seems so tiny, right? Like Mm -hmm. so simple, but it really is like, depending on their age, they might just need, Hey, go get your shoes. Do, 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 do. They come back now, put them on. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, cause we teach second grade, but I, I feel like they are, they can handle the two step, maybe even three steps Mm -hmm. at a time. But like, you have to think about your students specifically on IEPs where you do have to make more clear instructions and that's like a good practice just for your whole class. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and like, I put on here, like even ELL students. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have visuals and you need to have clear, concise instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, a third thing, which kind of relates to what we're already talking about as to why children don't listen is the age appropriateness of the task. So you need to ask yourself as the adult, 
whether you are asking or what you are asking is within their developmental abilities. So asking a two-year-old to sit still and be quiet is probably going to end poorly. Um, It's just not age appropriate. So like for second graders, we have to think, can we give them three-step instructions? Yeah, probably toward the end of the year, but definitely not at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But just be aware of what they're capable of at that time. And as Skylar said before, like, are they on an IEP? Are they an ELL student? Do they need more from you as you communicate with them? Cool. Number four, another reason why they're not listening to you could be straight up a lack of fun. And childhood is all about play. I know Skylar, we've talked about this several times, Yeah, but play is how children learn, connect, bond, and communicate. They learn so much language acquisition in early years, just from play itself. Mm -hmm. and I know that I can be a culprit of this, but sometimes we, it's not that we have too high of expectations. That is not the problem. Mm -hmm. It's that sometimes we're taking the fun out of things. Yeah. So as teachers, as parents, we need to be trying to make what we're asking of them more fun. Mm -hmm. Obviously this is going to look different from home to school. (laughs) Yeah. Because you have 30 children versus like two, three, four. Mm-hmm. So some things that she said you should consider would be like, can you turn your request into a game, a race, a song? Can you make it funny? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sometimes we do that within the classroom. Like she recommended like tossing toys into a bin as they clean up the house. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's great for home, but obviously not applicable to the school. Yeah. But you do, you need to be thinking about like what you're asking of them. Mm -hmm. So let's see. She says, as you put toys away, like I said, you can make a goal to throw the soft toys through the goal into the toy box. As you're putting on coats, you can make it a race. I do that with lines lining up sometime. Yeah. Like which row can be the quietest, quickest row, you know? Mm -hmm. And they actually do kind of get into it. Yeah, sometimes they like the competition. They do. Ugh, love the competition. Too, too many times they like the I competition. Know. <laughs> Here's a good one. So for doing homework, which I know is hit or miss at home, she recommends that the students pretend that they are the teacher and you are the student and they are teaching you and planning today's lesson. So they have to answer the questions they know the answer to before they test you and take your answers. So I thought that was pretty cute because so many, not so many, but quite a few students that I talked to tell me about how they played school or stuff like that. So I think that would be a nice one. Getting ready for bed. You could speak in a funny voice as if you were a crazy nanny from a different country who will tickle them if they are not in bed quickly. So just little things, you know, to spruce it up. Yeah. And I will, this is kind of random, but it just made me think of it. So like Friday I had kind of a rough day, just like emotionally and like whatever. And one of the things was like, we were, we were getting ready because we have immigration day tomorrow, or I should say, Oh, excited. You guys have immigration day tomorrow. Um, and we were getting everything like kind of ready. So they got to like draw out of a, like, um, whatever draw how much Mm -hmm. money they had when they're an immigrant and whatever it's just like little scenarios and I being like 
I just wanted it to be quiet in the room while we did this, but they were all so excited oh, to yeah. do it. So like I was getting frustrated because every time I was like, okay, you're going to draw it, just quietly write it down. And then I'll give you a chance to like share it with your neighbors. But I honestly should have just like let it go and let them share with their neighbors. It would have been a little bit noisier, but like it would have been more fun for them. But me <laughs> being in a bad mood, I was like, yeah. no, it needs to be quiet in here. So like, that's kind of a good reminder of like when we are doing fun things like that, sometimes it is out of your control that they just they just want to share with each other so right I kind of feel like I should have let that one go (laughs) well and it was such a fun activity like it definitely uh was one of those where they got a little too amped at times a little rowdy (laughs) but I mean it's all for the best but I know what you mean like when you want that controlled environment Mm -hmm. because you're just not mentally there that day yep it's a hard balance. It yeah, really Friday. is. <laughs> yeah. Friday was a day. Lisa was a half day. It was a half day. Thank goodness. <laughs> so another reason that students may or may not be, I'm going to say may not be listening or mm-hmm. children is due to a lack of control. And we've talked about this. Gosh, how many times now, Skylar? Like, oh, I feel at like least every, 10. Ep- every episode. Yeah. There's something that has to do with control. Mm-hmm. And clearly it's a pattern, you know, and if, you're listening to this and kind of brushing off autonomy, you might want to like circle back (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's shown up in episode after episode after episode. So she, she being Sarah says one of the top reasons children refuse to listen and respond to requests from parents and teachers is because they feel powerless Mm -hmm. when they ask you to do something. Do you ever ask them to wait until you're, or when they ask you to do something, I should say, Um, do they, do you ever ask them to wait until you're done doing something, you know, like, oh, I'm super busy. Let me finish this. And then we can go play Mm -hmm. yet when the situation's reversed and the child is super busy and the teacher or the parent goes in and is like, I need to do that to do this now. Mm. They get so frustrated and we get frustrated at them because our demands aren't met immediately. Yeah. So it's, Like, how is that fair? You know what I mean? Uh, That does make so much sense. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, like we demand so many things like right now. It's like, go do this right now. But then it's like, you need time when they want you to do something. Exactly. So it's literally like treating them like mini adults, you know? Yeah. Like, can you imagine how frustrating it must be to have so little control over your day-to-day activities? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in school for 78 hours a day where Mm -hmm. their schedule is tight Mm -hmm. and they are working away. I mean, it's only fair to give them choice. And I try to provide that as frequently as possible and you can do it in the smallest of ways. Oh yeah. But you really do need to give autonomy to children because it's going to increase the likelihood of them listening and responding. So you could even apply it I apply it to classwork all the time. Mm -hmm. Would you like to do this now or would you like to do it for homework? It's up to you. Like, I don't care as long as it gets done. And I mean it. I'm dead serious Mm -hmm. when I say I'm like, you can do this classwork in class with us or you can do it for homework. Either way, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. It's whatever is going to work best for you right now. Is that specifically for like a child that's kind of refusing to do it? Or you mean like Mm -hmm. for your whole class? Nope. It's for children that are just refusing in the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so um, 99% of the time it works, honestly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I have a student at the end of the day during reading groups who hates spelling packets and he really just wants to take time to read during reading groups. Mm -hmm. So he, he knows his choice. He goes, he takes his spelling packet, puts it directly into his mailbox and he does it. He does it at home every night and he's so good about it. That's like just to have the choice of reading or like whatever it is at that Mm -hmm. time, I feel like alleviates tension. That's so, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I do like that choice where it's like, I truly do not mind if you do it at home. Like given, am I going to email your parents to make sure it gets done? Yeah, I am. (laughs) I do remember I was in, when I was in kindergarten, not last year, but the year before, and we had just kind of learned that with our love and logic training. Mm-hmm. And I, I used it within like a couple of days and there was a, a girl who was not wanting to do, she's like, why do I have to do this? And I was like, you don't have to do it right now. You're welcome to do it for homework. And then she was like, <laughs> fine, I'll do it now. And I was like, yep. I know <laughs> it works. It, it does work. Cause they were like, Oh, well, pff, I don't want to do it later. Yeah. <laughs> so give autonomy, give choice. Another reason they might not be listening to you is because of the lack of connection, which again, we've talked about several times. Yeah. We got a full episode on building relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Your communication should not just convey your intentions, but your connection with the child. Mm -hmm. So the more they feel connected to you, oh my gosh, this should be like the quote of the year the more likely they are that they're going to listen to you. Yeah. They're going to do something for somebody they love, mm-hmm. but if they can't stand you, they're probably not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you hate your boss, <laughs> how not, much yeah. do you want to do the work? You yeah. don't. When Ooh, you love I... your community, when you love your boss when you love your like higher ups. Yeah. You want to give your everything, you yes. know? Yeah. Go ahead. Do you want to say something? Yeah, no, I was, that just kind of brought me to like this past week. Um, just one of my students, you know, he was having a really rough week and, um, he didn't earn like his extra recess time that I usually Mm -hmm. give him when he has good days. Um, and he threw like a little mini fit and he dumped his entire desk out. Like he, everything was on the floor. So this happened at the beginning of the year. And when I asked him to clean it up, he wouldn't because I hadn't built that relationship with him. But then, you know, throughout this year, I have built that relationship and I have figured out what works. So then when I did ask him, I went up to him and I said, I really need you to pick everything up off the floor. If you would like to earn your extra recess for the rest of this year. And Mm -hmm. like, just bottom line, just told him that I walked away And then within a minute, he was cleaning everything up off the floor and putting it back in his desk, which he's never done before. It's usually somebody else that picks it up because he like refuses to do it. So I think it like just him knowing me and me knowing him, like we were finally able to get, and it's quarter four, but we were finally able to get to that point where he was like, I think she means what she says. I need to pick up my stuff so that I can earn extra recess for the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that you say that is... I've noticed like in the students where you really need to build trust, mm-hmm. you know, quarter four is that kind of sweet point of they're discovering that they can yeah. trust you and rely on you and know that you mean business. Mm-hmm. And it just stinks that it takes like until quarter four and then they're yeah, gone. Then you have to let them go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're gone so fast after that. And you're like, yeah. but, but we just made leeway. <laughs> like, I know. Like we just go. got there. <laughs> I know we were, someone has a countdown on our whiteboard in the front of 
our what is it called teacher's lounge yeah it's at like 30 some odd days I'm like do we have to count like I don't I don't want to see that so I don't look at it to be honest with you oh really I know yeah I'm like, I want to count down the days because of our masters but then I mm-hmm. don't want to count down the days because I'm gonna miss this class so much same yeah I'm counting down masters for sure but I'm trying not to like associate them together <laughs> I know it's so hard I mean it we'll is. have what two weeks after we finish our masters yeah. a week and a half so like it's not the same right. but it kind of is I know yeah. it's crazy um, but whenever you are unhappy, <laughs> do you like how I just jump back in? <laughs> yeah, go for it. We got to get back to it somehow, you know? That's so funny. So whenever you're unhappy with a child's behavior, you need to remind yourself that it's only the behavior that you don't like. It's mm-hmm. separate from the love and affection that you have for them. Yes. Your love is unconditional. You might not like their behavior, but you still love them and mm-hmm. they need to know that. Yeah. And sometimes it's, and speaking on behalf of a teacher, Sometimes it's really hard for a child to understand that, mm-hmm. you know, like you, Skylar, have had a couple of instances where you like, you told the class that you love them and they're like, mm-hmm. wait, you love us? And you're like, yeah, of course I love, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so sometimes like, it's hard for them to show them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they know, and it's like, you show it in different ways. And that's kind of like when I, we go back to like the love languages, like I show my love differently than how they show theirs, mm-hmm. but like, that's the thing is like we got to continue to show them our love so that they understand that we love them and I think it is so important to you like for me at least to use that word like I love you guys I care about you guys because the fact that I've said it like a couple times now and every time they're like what you love Mm -hmm. us and I had to have that conversation of like love is not just husband and wife boy like whatever it is Mm -hmm. like it's not just between like people that like love love each other it's like between friendships I was like I love Miss Brown and I love my mom and it's not like what love is to me at least right and so I hope that got across to them I feel like it did I feel like you had a really good conversation with them yeah but it is so true Mm-hmm. And this class is just so sweet to at least, <laughs> at least mine, like so everyone in the class, we were talking to a mom on Friday, but we're like, this is one of the first classes where we're not seeing like clicks. It's just like a communal. Well, I shouldn't say and our I first year was <laughs> like that too. Like it was just like a whole group where friends are kind of just going and going mm-hmm. from group to group. I don't know. Yeah. It's been really cool. It has. I agree. I think it goes back to uh, not, they never had a ladder, this yeah. group, if you think about it. Yep, they didn't. Bless up. <laughs> Love it. Um, but having good communication with your students or child will make them more inclined to do what you ask for no reason other than the fact that they love you. Like Skylar, you were saying, like he mm-hmm. cleaned up his stuff simply yeah. because he loves you and respects you. Yeah. So, um, Another reason why they might not be listening is due to a lack of empathy and understanding. Mm. Very often we speak to children and ask them to do things in a way that we as adults would not even like, Mm -hmm. kind of like how we were saying earlier. It's not what you say. It's how you say it sometimes. Um, And she kind of puts the adult into a situation where how would you feel if you were engrossed in a book or in a conversation or in the middle of doing something that you felt was important and your partner or boss demanded your intention like right away now, um, doesn't feel great, you know, to be interrupted or to be talked at 
in a demeaning way, mm-hmm. even as adults. I don't care how old you are being interrupted from a task for me at least is so difficult Yeah, because when I am focused, I am focused. Mm -hmm. And when I have stuff to do, it's like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Please step away from me. (laughs) Um, But imagine like children have those feelings too. And we cannot just demand that they let go of those feelings when Mm -hmm. we need it them to let go of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if your child is engrossed in an activity where they're just, they can't let go far better to say, I can see that you're very busy at the moment and I don't want to interrupt your fun, but I do need you to ask you to put your shoes away. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer to do it now? So you can get straight back to what you're doing or finish up in the next five minutes and then you can do it. Mm -hmm. So in the classroom, for some students, they need a timer. So like I'll set a timer for, I don't know, anywhere from five to two minutes, you know, Hey, I see that you're really busy. We're going to wrap this activity up in five minutes. Here's the timer. Like just a heads up. Five to 10 minutes, five to two, like two minutes left or five minutes left. Oh, I was like, that's backwards, but okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, like two to countdowns. five minutes. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> or it's like, hey, I see that you're really busy. We need to go to recess in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring it outside with you? Like, what's your plan of action here? Yeah. Again, giving them choice mm-hmm. and just letting them know, hey, this is coming. You can do it now, get it done, or you can do it later, kind of thing. Like, we did that on Friday. I let them vote between what test they wanted to take first. Oh yeah. Y'all can do spelling first, get it out of the way. And then we can move into like prepping for immigration day Mm -hmm. or you can take math first, your choice. And they were like, let's get spelling out of the way. I was like, great. Good. Thank you. (laughs) I love doing that. Same. And it's just easy because they are more bought in when they have a say, you know, Mm -hmm. um, It's the way that it's phrased that makes a difference in understanding and empathy on the part of the parent. So that's the end of that section. Okay. And remind me, those are just kind of the reasons why Mm -hmm. they don't listen and refuse. Yep. Yep. Those are, yeah, multiple ways why. So she says three things to think about when children refuse to do something is the why, the how, and the what. Okay. So when a child, when a student is just blatantly refusing to do something, which will happen yes, more often than you would like, think why. Why is the child behaving in this way? Get to the root. Two, how are they feeling? Because guess what? They have feelings <laughs> regardless of their age. And I think sometimes we forget that. And three, what are you hoping to teach them with your discipline? Mm. So she kind of breaks down a couple of common refusing to do something struggles um, in this format. So like refusing to sleep, refusing to clean their room, putting shoes on, refusing to do homework. And those were like the major ones. Mm -hmm. I would love to break apart two of them. I want to go into refusal for sleep, even though it's not necessarily applicable to the classroom, yeah, it does impact them in oh, the yeah. classroom. 
So I wanted to go over that one. And I wanted to go over refusal to do homework because Mm -hmm. again, may not be within the classroom, but it impacts the classroom. Yeah, for sure. And then if you're interested in breaking apart refusal to clean the room, to put shoes on stuff like that, Mm. you should definitely buy the book Yeah, (laughs) because it's so good. So um, common refusing to do something struggles, refusal, refusal to go to sleep, breaking apart the why. We've talked about this before, but children are not always biologically ready to go to bed when the parents ask them to. Yeah. Realistically and biologically, a good bedtime for children is around like 8 or 9 p.m. Before that time, their bodies are probably not likely ready to go to bed. Like they Mm -hmm. haven't secreted sufficient melatonin or the sleep hormone to be ready to sleep. Mm -hmm. So they have to be in that kind of space. And we've talked about it before, like turning off electronics, Mm -hmm. getting rid of the blue light, getting into the zone of like bedtime. Yeah. Super helpful. Um, also why they don't want to go to sleep. They can resist to go to bed until they've had, until they have had spent enough time reconnecting with their loved ones Mm. after a day out of the home. And I, never thought about that before. Yeah. But children need at least two hours spent with loved ones reconnecting and talking and just being a part of the home again mm-hmm. before they're going to be ready to go to bed. Mm. And, and I can be like hard for the, like the families that yes. have sports and stuff during the week so that, that mm-hmm. I can see that as a challenge. I was just thinking about that because even knowing some of our students, they go to music lessons, dance lessons, sports practice, you know, like their lives are crazy. (laughs) I don't know how parents do it. I know. But it's so important for your child to feel reconnected to the the home for at least two hours Mm. before bedtime. Now, speaking on behalf of an elementary educator, we keep our homework, like we've said, a few times, like to a 20 minute time frame yeah. or subjects so that they do have time to converse at dinner mm-hmm. and they do have time to have quality time spent with mm-hmm. their families. So yeah. especially as you get into upper grades, like just be cognizant and mindful of what you're asking of this human being that you're about to send home mm-hmm. because in today's world, they do this, that, and the other after mm. school. Yeah. They're so busy. Um, she also says for 10, 11 and 12 year olds, a bedtime of around nine o'clock is appropriate 13 and onward. 10 o'clock is most in sync with their circadian rhythm. Mm. So bedtime refusal isn't necessarily an act of defiance, but a way of asking for more time to be with you and to not be alone, Mm. which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. And although it may be difficult, it's just something to take into consideration. Like they might not be refusing out of spite for you. Yeah. Simply out of needing time spent again, love languages. And that makes sense. Just when I babysit, there's a family that their daughter has a hard time when I tell her to go to Mm. sleep, like it's Mm -hmm. bedtime. And she usually does not want to go to bed when I'm there. Um, so that kind of makes sense that maybe that's her way of being like, I want to hang out with you because I don't get to hang out with you that often. Right. Absolutely. So then she breaks it down the what section. So like, what are you hoping to teach them from this? 
Mm-hmm. And most parents, which kind of surprised me, don't speak to their children about the importance of importance of sleep mm-hmm. and the effects that sleep has on their body. So make sure you bring that up in conversation, how sleep heals your body and mm-hmm. your mind and how it helps you to have energy for the next day, as well as an explanation of what happens when you don't get enough sleep. Yeah, That's a super good conversation to have with in my opinion, a child of any age mm-hmm. and just reiterate it throughout the years because sleep is insanely important. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that was widely recognized enough through my childhood. Well, I did get a lot of sleep because I have Hashimoto's. Yeah. So jokes on me, but <laughs> I mean, for busy, busy families, you need to have that conversation of sleep is so good for you. And it's going mm-hmm. to refresh your brain and make you ready for tomorrow. And kind of like the conversation you would have around nutrition, you know? Mm. So setting a bedtime and adhering to it as much as possible is also a key. Mm-hmm. One of my students came up the other day and I was like, yeah, my bedtime is eight 30. I was like, that's great. That's my bedtime too. You know? Yeah. Even as an adult, I need a bedtime. I do. Same. This yeah. is the time I turn off my phone, electronics down, lights off bedtime. Yeah. And don't you feel better? Just like knowing you're going to get sleep. Yeah. And then it's that like anxiety of like, it's already getting late. And Mm -hmm. I know I'm only going to be getting seven hours instead of eight hours, which is then even harder for me to fall asleep. So it's like making sure I'm in bed by a certain time, um, winding down, like you said, lights off. And even just like Matt, he had to start his new schedule of working at like three or four in the morning. So that means he has to go to bed at like five or six o'clock. And that's been like a challenge. I'm making sure like turn the lights off at five o'clock and, and be sitting in bed and whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, me and my brother still have to carry on with our evenings. Like that's my dinner time, but right. You know what I mean? Like trying to get that habit in as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so important. And then she also says keeping to a regular bedtime, helping the child to understand the importance of sleep and a biologically appropriate bedtime and implementing good, solid, predictable routines are Mm -hmm. crucial in solving problems around going to sleep. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a lot kind of in one bundled up sentence. But I feel like being a type A teacher, mm-hmm. like this comes kind of naturally for me, at least where it's like, I love routines. Yeah. I love set timeframes and just expressing to children the why behind things. I think it's just so important because I would want to know, you yeah. know, yeah. just tell them why <laughs> they're, they're young, young humans. They are. All right. Last one. And then we'll let you go for the week. The big one, <laughs> refusal to one. do homework. Ooh, gosh, how many times I've had multiple conversations this year with parents about students not wanting to do their homework. Have you? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've had refusal to do homework. I've had like difficulties with it. Yeah, but... it's more difficulties. Yeah, that would make sense. It's like, well you got to give them choice and blah, blah, blah. So here's what Sarah says. The why behind it is typically after a busy day of school, most children just want to relax, Mm -hmm. stay at home, hang out with their friends. Guilty as charged. Honestly, being a master's student, I 1000% understand that. Yeah. So three main goals or three main things can be lacking when it comes to school homework, organizational skills, 
mm-hmm. for your child. They might not have them yet. I know plenty of students who need some fine tuning in their organization. <laughs> I think I have like twenty um, percent of my students that have actual organization skills. Right. A second thing they might be lacking is an understanding of the homework itself. Mm, And then a third is, again, control, controlling when and how their homework is done. Mm -hmm. So most school age children are not particularly organized. Oh, no way. Shocker. (laughs) Dude, this again is due to the immature frontal cortex development. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, as a teacher, even at the at the, I was going to say at the school place, at the school place where we do school, <laughs> where we do things, you need to find a system to help them do their work and mm-hmm. get their work done. So like for us, we do an agenda every day mm-hmm. and we use it as kind of like a checkbox system. So it's really nice. It has it organized from math, spelling, reading, writing, blah, 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 all the way mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Do we fill all the boxes? No but does it allow them to have a physical to-do list mm-hmm. where they get to cross and check things off? Yes. And it's great. Yes, it is. Especially as they get older, they should have some form of homework diary or agenda that mm-hmm. helps them track what's to be done and when things are due, especially as like you enter college, right? And those due dates kind of yeah. span over weeks. Mm-hmm. They have to have the skills now yeah. to apply that later. Coming from a girl who, gosh, I don't know if I ever had an agenda in elementary school. I could probably say no. Mm -hmm. Middle school, no. I can't remember. Same. But real quick teacher tip for you guys. Yes. We post our homework Mm. on Instagram. So all four of our classes have an Instagram page. So mine's like 2C homework. And, um, you give the parents that, 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 uh, page at the beginning of the year and mm-hmm. for any students that maybe don't write their homework down correctly, or they forget or whatever it might be, you just say, Hey, go check the Instagram. I always tell the students, if you forget, tell your parents to check the Instagram. Yep. So it's just that habit of telling and making sure the parents are aware of it so that they don't have to bother you when they forget their homework or when they forget to write it. So that's a big thing that I, I thought was always very clever because it helps the parents, um, have a place to look when they don't have their homework or if they're absent or Mm -hmm. in recent years with COVID, like they have a day-to-day update of what they're doing homework wise. Yes. So if you're curious what this looks like, feel free to go on Instagram. Mine is 2D underscore homework. And yeah, I think Skylar's is like 2C, 2C underscore, underscore homework. homework. Yeah. Such a good tool. You can see the format of our agenda there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like the day-to-day picture. So highly recommend that you check that out. If your school hasn't implemented that, I kind of would, in my opinion, push for it. Yeah. It's a really good skill for them to acquire. And they start and- it in first grade, I believe. Do they post it? In, I don't know if they post it. In I don't think they post it in first grade. But oh, but agendas? Agendas in general. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kindergarten yeah. does not do agendas. No. I mean, that's just not developmentally appropriate yet. Oh yeah. No. But by second grade, absolutely. They can handle it. No big mm-hmm. deal. We do it first thing in the morning when they get back from special. It's like we share gratitude journals and then boom, you write your agenda. Yep. And it's like, they write it, they tuck it away. We're ready for our day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Another thing that you can do to help your child is to put books in order of what homework needs to be done first. So like first can go on the top and then work your way to the bottom Mm -hmm. with what is to be done last or like in kind of reading direction left to right. Mm -hmm. A good workspace. Let's stress that one. Yeah. I know your child is a child, but having like their own space where they can go and get work done. If you have the ability to corner off a section of your house or a room for them Mm -hmm. to work, not only they're going, they're going to be motivated by it, especially if they can decorate it and make it their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just makes for a more sound system for them. Yeah. I know a lot of students that have their own little desks in their room and yeah, whatever so it might precious. be. It's, it's just like their own little space. Yeah. But a desk with an organizer, pens, pencils, erasers, rulers, whatever, mm-hmm. and a good light source. So yeah. give them a space to work. And you can help your child set a routine to follow every day. So gosh, please sort through their backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> Go through the stuff that we have sent home, please. get it out. So they're not lugging it back and forth every day. Mm-hmm. And there's no panic at second grade. We do expect our students to be bringing in their homework and returning it. And it's not like, Oh, my mom didn't put it in my backpack. It's like, no, you know, you didn't put it in your backpack. Your, yeah. The, oh, the amount of times that they said, mm-hmm. my mom forgot to do this. I'm like, that's not your mom's responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's yours. But I will say like coming from a teacher, please maybe do like an informal check peek or watch them execute the task mm-hmm. so that, you know, it is being done. Yes. Like they're still developing these skills. They still need a scaffolding support system. Mm-hmm. So definitely like peep in with them. Did you put your homework away? Oh, there it is. Great. Whatever you have to do, just kind of tap them in the right direction, especially in second grade, you know, kindergarten, you're probably putting it in their backpack. First grade. Yeah. yeah, At the beginning. (laughs) And then toward the end, it's like, okay, check this off your to-do list. Second Mm -hmm. grade. It's like, nah, bud, that's you. Yeah. (laughs) That's on you. Let's make Mm -hmm. sure you have it. Yeah. Um, refusal to do homework can also be an early sign that a child is struggling in a subject. We have also talked about this. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do their assignment because they don't understand it. So you need to encourage them to seek help from the teacher, Mm -hmm. write a note in their, or yeah, in their agenda on the homework itself, please reach out to us as teachers like we need to know when they're struggling, yes. what they're struggling on and how we can help them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's happening at home. We don't have an all-knowing. We're not an all-knowing being, unfortunately. <laughs> We're not? What do you mean? <sighs> no, we are not, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they are struggling, yeah, definitely reach out to the teacher. And last, children can feel powerless when it comes to school homework, kind of like what we were saying with autonomy. Sending a designated homework hour can be helpful so that they know they have free time before like five o'clock, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then after that hour, it's schoolwork time or give them choice. Do you want to do it now? Get it done. Do you want to do it in an hour? Don't let them get to like 8 p.m. and be like, oh, let's do it (laughs) because then it's too late. And their yeah, brain is shot. Able, they can't focus on no. the task at hand. Like my brain turns off very shortly 
after school ends. Yes. So the faster, the better. Yes. And you need to consider how they feel. So empathize, but also help them understand why they have to do the hard work now. Mm -hmm. We can do hard things. Talk about what they would like to do when they're an adult and when they have to achieve or what they have to achieve when they're an adult. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't just get what you want as an adult. You have to work through it. You have to persevere. You have to do hard things. Mm -hmm. This can apply to any child from the age five and above Mm -hmm. to start learning this mindset, talking to them about growth mindset and how their abilities are not fixed, but a result of their thinking and effort that they're putting into things. Yeah. Make it relatable. Talk about your own years at school, what you struggled with, and most important, what you achieved because of your hard work. Mm. Make sure they have lots of free time to unwind with no homework and no organized activities. So whatever day of the week that you can just like let loose, let them let loose. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. a Friday. Yeah. And then what do you hope to get from this discipline Do you want your child to be an effective, or I should say student kind of speaking on behalf of teachers, like, Mm -hmm. do you want them to be an effective learner? Do you want to like, I don't don't know, like train them to persevere through hard things. Yeah. Um, But you need to rein yourself in when it comes to completing work for them or excusing them time after time. Mm -hmm. You need to think of the bigger picture and the grand scheme and how like, doing their homework for them or just ignoring the fact that they're not doing the classwork or homework does not help them in the long run. Yeah. Like they're going to be held accountable somewhere down the line. And if we're not doing it now, how are we helping them Yeah, get to that point? Mm-hmm. So we have to let children make mistakes in order for them to learn. You are mm-hmm. the model, make mistakes, show it, learn it, achieve it. That's all I have for you. <laughs> That's it. Oh my gosh. I know. I really hope that our voices picked up on this episode because I felt like it was really good content. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it is like reiterated, but it's also Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it is, I mean, that just shows how important it is. And yeah, so many patterns and themes are coming up again and again and again in these episodes. Yeah. And every time I hear it, it's a nice refresher of like, oh yeah choice, 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 you know, yes, and yeah, they're a human. They have feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go back to the root, get to the cause. Yep. So eventually down the road, we'll do another one of these kind of, um, I almost want to call it like a more focused on a behavior, like a particular behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So another one that we want to do is coping with whining and sulking because mm-hmm. life Um, another one coping with rudeness and backtalk again. Yes. Coping with low self-esteem and a lack of confidence. And then there Mm -hmm. was one more, oh yeah. Violent and destructive behavior. All of these are applicable to the classroom on like a daily basis. So saying this book has just given you so much. I know. I love it. And we will obviously like stray from this every now and again, we have a couple of interviews we have planned coming up and yeah all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. let us know if you are liking this book and how you're applying it in your classroom. Ooh, yes, please. Cause we would love to hear from more of you. We're hearing much more from people that we don't know, which is insanely exciting. I know we love hearing, like, obviously we love hearing from the people that we do know. Yeah. It's really good to get feedback, but like now starting to hear from people that we've never met and, um, 
it's really nice that we're reaching people from other states and mm-hmm. and that's kind of been our goal this whole time is to kind of reach people that we don't know to help prevent burnout to do yeah. anything we can so it's been really nice it has it's been fun so if you have stories for us we're always mm-hmm. collecting teacher tales yeah um dm or you can email them to us we have a couple on the lineup for next time yeah um if you have just like praise for us things that you're enjoying things that you want to see more of Mm -hmm. maybe something that you actually hate like we are always open to constructive criticism please have something like backed with truth and evidence don't just come at us um, <laughs> but for real let's like, know if uh who was it that said that they uh, that somebody messaged us and was like I love the little doggy interruptions oh yeah it was so funny it was <laughs> I was one of like my... that's kind of adorable yeah we have um they're with David in the other room today so we're we're clear of the pups today <laughs> I are at, I have mine at home but he's been in and out of I'm in the backyard so he's been in and out of the door so that's so cool you can just yeah. go record from the backyard yeah I love that for you what's your positive Taylor oh gosh um <laughs> I don't know um there's so much to look forward to this week it's also going to be a crazy week yeah. I think I'm really looking forward to the uh immigration day on monday tomorrow i'm so sad i'm missing it i know i think because i was so touch and go with it last year i was kind of it was the first year we rolled it out last year Mm -hmm. and it's just like a little simulation activity where they go and they wait in a big long line and they get a health check they're pretending it's on ellis island and I got to teach immigration this year and I didn't last year. So it's been even more fun. I Mm -hmm. think for me, um, really getting to like explain to them how important immigration is in our country and Mm -hmm. how, how much immigrants have impacted our country. Mm -hmm. So it's been really fun. And I'm really sad that I get to, that I have to miss it. I know it's been a great unit. I think we say that all the time, but yeah, we have really good units. So much fun, but I'm excited to have the rollout of that again, especially hearing from a former student. Carter let us know the other day that um, her daughter actually enjoyed it so much last year that it was one of her favorite days. So that just kind of lit a fire under me of this can be impactful and it can be fun and exciting and something that they carry with them. So I'm excited for that, but yeah. Can that count as my positive, even though it hasn't uh, happened yet? Yeah. It's okay, something great. you're looking forward to. Cool. What's your positive? Um, mine's like super minuscule, but like awesome for me. So I made a cake this weekend and I've been looking for like a better um, buttercream recipe. And I know this sounds Ooh. so silly, but I found one that I like think is perfect. Like it's easy to decorate with and it tastes much better. I've just been doing like a super simple, like American buttercream recipe, which is literally just sugar and butter and you just mix it together. It's just like too easy. And I just have been using that and not, and I get really good feedback on it, but I'm just really excited that I finally have like a good silky smooth buttercream recipe that I get to use. And I got to make a cake. cake. Yeah, I got to make a cake for a student for her birthday yesterday, and they said they loved it. So I'm looking forward to continuing to use that. And they were like, they're basically like, you're hired for every birthday in the future. So oh, good, love it. 
Yeah. That's so fun. I was telling, uh, I met up with one of my friends for coffee yesterday morning. She was in town from California. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, Skylar's so cool. Cause she can like bake cakes for her students and stuff. Whereas like <laughs> they would probably die from my, my baking. It's so funny. I know I'm like, brownies. I'm going to be able to start a small business just oh, by selling cakes to my students. It's so fun. And you do such an amazing job, honestly. Oh. You're like our official baker of the school. Of the school, yeah, I've done. How many times have they had you bake a cake? You've done like one wedding, two baby showers, something like that. Uh, something like that. I think I just did. I think it was like the fourth one that I did. So oh, you did. Uh, what is it? A citizenship one? Because one of our teachers. Oh, that's right. Citizen. She became an American citizen. That was fun to tell the kids. That was. I was like, yeah, this teacher just got her. Um citizenship this year like a couple months ago or something yeah it was like wow I was like yeah it only took her like 10 11 years I know she's been here for a while been crazy but cool cool reach out to us let us know you're listening teachers talk pod at gmail.com email us underscore talk underscore podcast and we will see you next week bye goodbye